Hey, this is Moses Mo, And this is Carrie Denton. And I'm Poison Evie. We're all with the Real Cool Band. You're listening to The Manifesto with Billy Brew. Yeah. Woo! You are listening to The Manifesto with Billy Brew. Good Thursday morning, and thank you very much for making my show a part of your weekly listening habits. You are listening to us over the air and everywhere on The Real 1100 AM in Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta, Georgia. What a great town. Uh, you can also listen while you work, streaming live at real1100.com. Another great way to uh, tune in to us, pun intended, is the TuneIn Radio app. Just uh, search uh, The Real 1100. You should find us there. We're also part of the iHeart Radio conglomerate. The Manifesto with Billy Brew has, also has a Facebook page. It's got all of our past ish, uh, episodes, rather, uh, some interesting content, everything you want to know about Billy Brew. And also... Podcasts are available, finally. Uh, you can find uh, some of our past shows on the Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. would always love to say good morning to Greg, our show producer. Good morning, Greg. Thank you very much for being incredible. And before we begin this uh, show, we would like to welcome a new sponsor to the Manifesto with Billy Brew. Uh, and this company is called Sulzer. Introducing Sulzer, a brand communications agency dedicated to helping companies with their unique marketing needs. No matter the size or scope of the project or client, Sulzer always starts with research and follow-through to create brands and campaigns that truly unite consumers with products and services they want and need. Capabilities include integrated campaigns, digital products and services, copywriting, content development, rebranding, new company logo design, website building, and so much more. To find out all of the capabilities of Sulzer and how they can partner with your company and your marketing needs, please visit their website at sulzerinc.com, S-U-L-Z-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at area code 813-920-9825, 813-920-9825. Empowering brands, connecting people that's sulzerinc.com yeah sulzer they are actually uh starting up here in the atlanta market so uh give them a call if your company is in need of some marketing uh assistance they can certainly cover every all of your needs all right what do we do here on the manifesto with billy brew if you're a first-time listener thank you very much for doing that we uh, feature ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Basically, everybody has a story, and what is yours? And if you're a longtime listener to the show, thank you very much. I really appreciate your support. And uh, my special guest this morning is a guy I went to high school with. You notice a trend there. I have a lot of my former high school uh, people on the show, and but I find them very fascinating, and I have not talked to this man in probably 35 years or so. But please welcome to the Manifesto with Billy Brew, Mr. Rodney Harris. Rodney, how are you doing? Good, Rodney. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It is good to talk to you, and thanks for being on the show. Same to you. Man, I literally, I, I, I don't think I've laid eyes, other than Facebook and, and chatting on, on Messenger, I haven't laid eyes on you in person in, what, since we graduated? Since we graduated from high school, uh, 82. Oh, you didn't have to say the year, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, so you and I, I've come to find out you're you're an, an Atlanta baby. You were born in Grady Hospital. Yeah, I'm born in Grady Hospital, as they say in Atlanta, Grady baby. That's right, a Grady baby. And what was it like <laughs> for you growing up in Atlanta? I mean, you are a true native. Um. Well, you know it's different. You know, you know when we was going to school and growing up, I think Atlanta only had about a one point 
two million people in the metro Atlanta area. Yeah. Now it's a lot different now. You got almost eight million people that's living here now. See, like, so it's 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 a lot different now. You know, you go from a little small city town to uh, country town, I guess you say, to to a mega city now. Yeah, I agree. So I agree with you. And I think uh, the impact, one of the biggest impacts happened after you and I graduated was the Olympics. I think we were still kind of that small town you were talking about. I mean, yeah, it was a big town. We had professional sports teams, but it, it got bigger to me after the Olympics. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So so I try, I'm trying to remember, since you mentioned our graduating year, thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, You and I were on the uh, cross-country team together and the baseball team, and I think you played football too, didn't you? I played basketball. Oh, you played basketball. Okay, at, at the mighty North Fulton High School, which, if you're the first-time listener to the show, it is now, God, it's been – 25 years since it's changed from North Fulton to the Atlanta International School. Yeah, I think we didn't combine North Fulton and North, North side and made it North Atlanta now. So. Yeah, you're exactly right. Have you been by the old school recently? Well, yeah, I did. Um, about a, a few years ago, they had a little get-together, and they did a little thing at, between the um, where the weight room used to be at, with the gym oh, yeah. and the weight room and, and the little – Back with the bleachers that, um, them, them cement bleachers that we used to have in their little quarter. Um, it changed a little bit. I think the gym, they changed the gym around a little bit, but as far as the, the front of the school um, and the hallways, it looked pretty much the same to me. That's that's amazing. And, and you're referring to the gym. Now, when we were going to high school, that was called the new gym. <laughs> I mean, <it> was, exactly. <laughs> and then the old gym was like a dungeon in the basement or something like that. There you, there you go. Um, the cafeteria or something, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. Um, so after after high school, you, know, you and I kind of parted ways. Where What did you end up doing? And, and kind of get us up to date what you've been doing. I ended up, um, I graduated, went in the military. Oh, thank you for I serving. I did um, 10 years active, and then I ended up doing 11 years with the reserves, and I ended up retiring, giving that up in 03, um, and also joined the uh, shirt department to Camp County. Well, thank you very much for your service. Uh, that's that's incredible, especially here on D-Day. That's uh, Thank you very much for your service. That's awesome. Um, what, what can you describe your experience in the military? Did, were you able to go overseas kind of, I mean, without – giving any military secrets I, away, you know. I went to uh, Germany. I went overseas to Germany. Um, then I did the tour with the first uh, tour. Where they went to our, we went to our, Iraq, Kuwait. Um, it was it was a challenge because, you know, when you got family, you know, um, and I'm getting married in, in um, 1989, and so been married. Uh, it might have be thirty years Man. Um, in June. Congratulations! Uh, that's congratulations. You, weeks. you better get some flowers. Uh, congratulations, man! That's great. So, uh, yeah, it was a challenge. So, so, uh, so you were married at the time during your service. Yeah, I was married when I was um, um, with the reserves, and and um, and then I joined the sheriff department in in nineteen ninety seven. And I retired from there in 2017. Wow! And so, um, how did you juggle marriage and being in the military? Did she? Did your wife go with you and your family, or did she stay here in Atlanta? How she did, stayed, she how stayed did, here. Um, it was hard, you know. Uh, 
um, me being gone all the time. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about it, my unit was here over at Fort Gillum. Okay. So I was able to, you know, be able to maintain that. But me being a, at the time I was a, an instructor, a language, language instructor for the, um, the training brigade that I was in. And so we, we, we was gone sometimes two or three times a month. So it was kind of hard. I bet, but but thirty years later, you're sticking through it. That that's fantastic. How many how many kids do you have? I just have one. I have a daughter, twenty nine. Oh, twenty nine. Doesn't that make you, doesn't that make you feel old, man? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel it when I get up. <laughs> I do have some questions about your time as a, a sheriff in the in, in DeKalb County. What made you go into law enforcement? Did the uh, the military kind of steer you toward law enforcement, or did you have an idea of that even in high school? My dad, you know, he retired. You know, he was he policed Atlanta for thirty five plus years. So, I guess seeing him and then going into the military, and then um, you know having other family members that work law enforcement and and in the military, I guess you know I guess it's the route I end up taking. Yeah, I I, I was unaware, and, and thank you for your father's service to uh, to, to the to the city. Um, what. I respect law enforcement. I think they get a bum rap, I think, at whatever level. And I know this may sound silly, but, I mean, you have a job where you potentially could get shot. And, and I, I, how do you manage that day-to-day? Oh. And, and protect and serve and, and you know, look out for the best interests of the community. Prayer. I bet, yeah. And you, you, know, you basically you know, treat a person the way you want to be treated. Uh, you treat a person the way you way you you want your your family to be treated, and so you you know you if you go with that concept, you'll make it through. But if you go with the wrong concept, then you, you know like some of these guys getting in trouble, going to prison, and and, and out of law enforcement, um, you know because basically you know you here to help people. Yeah, absolutely, and and I yeah. wish now with every profession, whether it's you know all walks of life, there there's some bad eggs. Why I hate that the 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 the, the rogue people in, in law enforcement get all the publicity, but when people like you doing their jobs quietly and doing it great, you know, I, I just don't understand why the the bad people get publicized. Well, you know that's what people a lot of people want to see. Yeah, they want to see the negative side. Um. You know, you got a lot of people that don't like law enforcement, and so they want to see the, the negative side of of anything that um, happened to a police officer. You know, could have had a bad experience. You know, it can be a number number of things that could have could have happened. But you know, I I just think people like seeing the, uh, the negative side of things instead yeah. of the positive side. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I and I guess our our generation, Rodney, is an, is a is a different generation that if especially in high school in my early years if I, if I saw even saw a policeman behind me I am freaking out you know and then if I did get a ticket for running a stop sign or something it, it's yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am yeah they don't do that now you you, you get cussed out almost um it's it's totally different now you know it's I guess it comes from your upbringing you yeah. know the way you were taught to be toward a, you know toward a duck it's like when we went to school you know, we didn't cut. Nobody cut class. No. Everybody was in school because they knew Coach Lowe and, and <laughs> Mr. Privilege didn't play. <laughs> and Coach Lowe, man. Coach Lowe was the enforcer on that one. 
Yeah, he um. So yeah, you know, before they got their way of um of, of calling calling parents, and now they were doing that back when we was going to school. Because if you didn't come to class, you didn't, you know, if you didn't come to school that day, you know, you couldn't couldn't run the cross country meet, you couldn't play the basketball, or football. Coach Lowe didn't allow that to happen. So. Um, you're exactly you know, it's totally right. different now. Oh, it is. It is. What are some of your fondest memories of, of North Fulton? Because I, I've had a lot of people uh, from our class actually riding on the show, and it's just just cool. Everybody has such great memories of the school. It was, you know, an inner city school, basically, or, or, you know, in the city of Atlanta school, but it was small enough that we all had friendships, and I thought it was cool. What are your impressions of going to North Fulton? Beating you on the on the cross country meet every year, and you all, you always did, man. You always did. I, I we well hell, we were always chasing David Paris. That's what we were doing. Yeah, and, we were, yeah, yeah, we were always. Uh, well, you know, North Fulton to me was a, a a school that you can that you can pattern your life out of. And what I mean by that is because you know we we had a combination of all ethnic backgrounds uh, come from everywhere, so you got a chance to. To deal with people and, and understand their culture and and, um, and and go to school and learn. I think the most important thing was the education at North Fulton and um, and getting ready for life. You know, they, you know they taught you that there. Uh, you know, outside your parents. You know, um, North Fulton pretty much got us ready for the. The next step in our life. You're exactly right, and 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 I and I guess at the time I didn't notice it, and I, mean, I was just having fun, making friendships, and you know, trying to catch you in in, in cross country, and and <laughs> and it did. You're right, it did prepare us for what the real world is, and dealing with people, and 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 having that kind of and being able to talk with people, and, and understanding what you know. I think about. I don't know if you remember the, the guy that went to school where he's from from. Um, I think he was from Iran, I believe, and I can't think of his name, but he was a big guy. He's from Iran. Okay, and I remember this guy used to get beat up every day that he went home, and it was due to the fact that um, his country was holding all those American hostages. Okay, and every day he would go home, somebody would beat him up and jump on him. Um, so I, I kind of felt sorry for that guy. You know, I cannot remember his name. I don't even know if he even graduated with us. Uh, I think he ended up um, um, leaving North Fulton because he had such a hard time. Uh, but, you know, nobody at North Fulton bothered him. It no. was always the people on the outside that were giving him a hard time. Absolutely. And I and that was so strange. Though. No, you're right. And I think uh, the, the, the diversity in the high school was just – I didn't think of anybody other than – a classmate. That's all I did, you yeah. know. And then yeah. that's all I did. And it was cool. We had we had some really good sports teams. You and I did. So we had some really bad sports teams. Um, yeah. But uh, we had we had a really good cross country team, didn't we? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I don't think nobody could beat us. I think the only people that could come close to us was Bass High School. That's right, Bass High School. For the for the city, I think they was the only team that can they can coach. I don't know if you remember the bench. Benton brothers. I do. Those, those guys were tall. They had legs uh, for days. Yeah. And they they were they were great. But they just didn't have the people. You know, they couldn't compete against us because all our runners were just as good as they run. Absolutely. And what uh, and Coach Frazier really prepped us. And and I, I tell my sons today, he said, you know, I, we would run three miles or more before our three mile race. Oh yeah. And and some of we these uh, some of these the uh, PC yeah. road race was. 
But once a week or something like that? That's exactly right. And some of these other kids, uh, would, they wouldn't warm up. They'd just get off the bus and start running. And, and maybe because of our training uh, from Coach Frazier, that's why we, we knew how to run. I mean, these guys – and I remember you – because know, I was slow, and I'm still slow. <laughs> and um, I would worry about all these other teams just sprinting out in front of us. Just, and all of our team is lagging back. But then as the laps went on, we just kept coming on and coming on, and we'd eventually win. But you know what? People didn't realize that hill was a deciding factor for a lot of those guys to take off running. Mm-hmm. And then when they hit the hill coming back, coming up, because they hit the hill twice. <laughs> That's right. But that first time, the hill would take some of, some of them out. And then the second time, it would take the remaining out. And then you only had us, the ones that trained, you know, because like you say, you know, Coach, Coach Fraser had us training. Uh, a lot harder than a lot of them schools. Absolutely. And then so the, we were prepared. Yeah, we did. And, and in the end, it was typically North Fulton and Bass in your top ten. Yeah, and then you got to the state and, you know, the mother schools in the state, you know, pretty much um, um, was good just like we was. But, you know, we competed with the city, and I enjoyed it. It helped me when I went in the military, you know, because I was in shape and I got a chance to run, you know, while I was in the military. So, you know, running – that cross country was good for basketball. Yeah, it was good for football. It kept you in shape. So absolutely, um, and it also gave us a d- discipline of how to train at, yep. at, at a young age. You know, you know, pace yourself and and don't sprint out. It, you know, it is the tortoise and the hare. I I guess. Yeah, but I, I you know, I, I think about the days that, um, in North Fulton days. You know, I even seen some of the, the guys that went to school with came across me to, you know. At the jail and stuff, you know. Oh. Some of them I've seen at the jail that I hadn't seen in years. And um, we had a couple of them that, that worked at the jail as well. So I went to North Ford. And so, you know, it was, you know, I used to hate to see the guys I, I went to school with come to jail. Yeah. Continuously. You know, but, you know, it's it's just life. I guess it's part of life. It is. And, and I'm teaching my sons, you know, you, you make choices and, you know, it, Sometimes bad luck is thrown at you, but you you do make choices. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about law enforcement, if you don't mind. It just why, why are did you consider yourself and your and your your peers underpaid as 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 law enforcement? And I think they are. And why is that? Well, you know, yeah, we always felt that you know we got to work an extra job and you got to work overtime to 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 put food on the table and and to have you know vacations and, and 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 do good things, you know, things that you want to do. Um, I, you know, that's a good question. Nobody wants to, it seems like no government wants to, to invest in, it's a pan off, you know, um, the money that they deserve. Same thing with teachers. Yeah, you know, I, teachers I are underpaid and, and they put up with a lot of stress too, you know, they, they're dealing with kids, so, you know, I, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, why they, why, why government, why the local and county and don't don't pay the money. The federal government pay real good, but for some reason, the local government don't want to pay. No, and and you did mention second jobs. Did you ever have to take a second job? Oh yeah, I didn't. I, I worked in full. I, I worked for a long time. I, I worked seven days a week for a long time. How in the world did can you physically do that? I and I'm sure maybe some of the other lay people who are not in law enforcement like me, 
I mean, when you're working two jobs, I mean, how are you getting any sleep if you're working seven days a week? I mean, how is that? How does that make you effective either way? Well, I tell you what, you know, when uh, it was hard, you know, you um, you learn to sleep in, in between jobs. You know, you learn to to uh, get your rest when you can, and uh, it's dangerous uh, because if you're mentally tired, you know, you can go out there and make a bad mistake. You need, you, know, you can go out and but you have to try to get your rest, and you, gotta, you have to try to to um, to uh, to prepare for it. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's not easy. No, everybody I, can't do it. I can't imagine not. And when when so say an officer is working uh, a side job, but you know, in 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 police uniform, uh, do they have to follow the same, or can they follow the same rules that they that they do regarding when they're in their quote regular job as a as a you know, law enforcement officer. In other words, do, in, do the same in, rules apply on your side job? Yeah, anytime you're in that uniform, you, you got to govern yourself accordingly. You know, you got to follow policies. You know, you got to, you know, even though you work in a side job, um, some agencies do it different. You know, some of them um, let you bring your unit to that side job. And when you're in that uniform and you're working in the capacity of a law enforcement officer, the rules apply. You know, at least, you know, from our department standpoint, it did. Okay. You know, so- you had to, um, you know, if you made an arrest or you, know, you had to lock somebody up, you know, you had to call a unit out there to get them. You had to notify the supervisor what you had going on. And, you know, you had to do report. You know, you um, you know, you had to do everything. You just okay. had to have somebody come transport for you. And 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 then that hasn't changed yet. I mean, I I still see officers, and you do too, all the time. Just you know, they're working their beat. And how long is a beat? Uh, a typical beat for an officer or or a sheriff? Well, it depends on the on the agency. You know, you got some work ten hour shifts, some work twelve hours, some on work eight hour shifts. Um, um, you know, it all depends on the on the agency. You know, sometimes you work twelve hour shifts, you might work. Um, Three days on, you know, then you're off two days, and then you come back and work two days and be off three days. Sometimes it rotates that way. You be out every other weekend. I got you. You it's, know, it's kind of like, um, kind of like nurses do, or something in the, the right. Got you. Long right. days, but then on your days off, it sounds like everybody's doing side jobs. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, a lot of times you leave your regular job and go to a side job. I, um, I, I just don't. To me and you, that that just doesn't sound logical, but. You know, I mean, and it doesn't take. They, you know, governments have local governments have the money to pay. We just, I just don't know why they don't. Well, I think what it is, they they put it elsewhere, and, and then, then too now, you know, you you find out now a lot of mismanagement of money, and, and so you know, it's kind of hard to, to to recruit recruit law enforcement now because nobody want to deal with the all the drama, the low pay, and and, and being shot at, yeah. being possibly injured. Uh, possibly, you know, being sued, you know, so there's a lot to go into law enforcement now that a lot of people don't uh, really see, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear people always saying, why did I always have to shoot that person? Why did I always have to do this? And, and sometimes it's kind of hard to explain to a civilian why certain things are done because it's based on, on your training, what you were trained to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you don't you don't know it as a civilian, you look at it a little different. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I and I just don't understand the lack of respect for law enforcement officers. I, I don't understand it. Maybe that's just yours and my generation. Yeah, it's you know the the, the problem we have now is the young kids. Now is young kids now just they not even respect each other. They they shoot they shoot each other like it ain't nothing now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What, so, you know, was there ever a time uh, when you were with DeKalb that uh, you actually feared for your life? <clears throat> every day. Almost every day. There's nothing wrong with being scared. There's nothing wrong with being scared. There's nothing wrong with being fear. But it's how you handle yourself when when that time comes. You know, I just natural instinct, you're going to be scared. Anytime you're going to do a warrant, warrant pool or you transporting somebody or are you arresting somebody or whatever the case may be, you know, you, because you don't know what that person is going to do. Yeah. And, and so, and I, and I imagine I see officers all the time, you know, just got to, got to eat lunch or whatever, take a break or, or when you're eating lunch at, at a restaurant or you're still on high alert, you can't just relax and enjoy your meal. Can you? Oh yeah. You watch everybody. Yeah. I mean, I just, something you learn, you, you, you know, you, and you hear people when you, when you stop people on the traffic stop or you're dealing with them and you tell them, say, well, you know, keep your hands where I can see them at. You know, you're going to put your hand in your pocket. And the first thing people say, well, I'm not going to do anything to you. And they don't understand that, you know, we're not saying that you are. We're just saying it for our protection. You know, and, yeah. and people get offended when you say, keep your hands where I can see them. You know, and and so, you know, you when you're out eating or you're out with your family, you know, you're always observing what's, what's around you because you just don't know when somebody's going to do something. Do when you were off duty and in plain clothes, did you did you carry? Believe it or not, no. Really? Yeah, I would have it nearby. I would have it in my car, but as far as carrying on me, no, because I didn't want to feel like that I was policing twenty four hours a day. Yeah, I mean, you've got you, you, at some point you are a civilian when when, when you're with your family. Exactly. Yeah. And so you don't want to feel like. Um, and I give you an example. I think about about a month ago, we went down to uh, West Palm and we buried my sister-in-law. And I got by halfway down there, and I said, I said, baby, you know what? I said, I don't forgot. I forgot my gun. And she was like, you forgot your gun? And I was like, yeah. She said, well, we're going to need it. I said, we won't need it. And I just look at it that way. <laughs> I, I suppose so. I and mean, that's another jurisdiction anyway. So, um Rodney, we need to take a quick break. Do you got some more time to, to be on the show? Yeah, a few more minutes. All right, cool. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Rodney Harris, a fascinating hour with a good guy here. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the manifesto with Billy Brew. Summer is here. Boy, is it ever. Habersham Home Solutions and Landscape can help you with your home improvement and landscaping projects this summer. From light handyman work to big landscape projects, the team at Habersham Home Solutions and Landscape is your only call. General home repair, safety features installation, electrical and plumbing, deck repair and staining, junk removal, landscape design and installation, and painting services as well. Atlanta owned and operated. Trusted and dependable, serving Metro Atlanta. Call to schedule a free estimate today at 770-616-5979. That's 770-616-5979. More than a handyman, solutions for your home. Habersham Home Solutions and Landscape.
Welcome back to the Manifesto with Billy Brew. That is Payphone Poets and uh, Tell the Truth. And we're returning with my uh, very special guest this hour is uh, Mr. Rodney Harrison. And Rodney, thank you so again so much for being on the show. You are. Um, now, so so you retired from uh, as a sheriff at DeKalb County. What are you doing now? Are you still active? Yeah, I'm still. I'm working over in uh, one of the uh, local cities down south of South Fulton County. Uh, I just do the courts and transport. That's all I do now. Okay, I, I would I would imagine that's a little less stressful. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. Very much. 
is is that a common thing to go from you know when you're a younger man you're active in uniform but then you kind of retire and then kind of ease into that kind of role yeah that's common you know a lot of a lot of guys do i know some of the guys retired and started doing uber you know a lot of guys uh retired and just took an easier job in law enforcement doing something a little bit less stressful did uh, with the low pay that we talked about? Do, is there a decent pension plan for law enforcement officers, uh, particularly in DeKalb County? Well, DeKalb, yeah, we had a good pension plan, and I think the, the county ended up doing away with it in '07. So most of the people that, that came in out of I think '07 or '08 went to that 401k and that 457. So you know, every month I get a check from the DeKalb County. But a lot of these guys that, that came in after me in 07, I think between 07 and 08, I think they're going to have to uh, work a lot longer. Yeah, no kidding. And and so you're working as as a in the in the in the courts now. Is that yeah. a, is that a Monday through Friday job? Monday through Friday, <laughs> all holidays, all on weekends. Oh, like 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 real people. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what so what does the future hold for me? When do you when do you see yourself retiring? Well. I give myself to, I'm probably do about another five or six more years. It should put me close to, um, about 62. And then uh, when I get 62, that's going to be it. And are you going to stay? That's going to be, I'm going to be done. <laughs> are you going to stay in the Atlanta area? Oh, yeah. I'm not going away. If I do anything, I'll probably relocate, uh, to the country. Yeah. But as of right now, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay right here in the metro Atlanta area and, and, uh, and continue to enjoy life. Well, that's great. Well, um, I know you got to run because you're actually on the job. So I appreciate you very much being in, uh, on the show. And I really, it was great to reconnect with you, Rodney. I really appreciate you being on the show. And I hope to see you um, um, one day off off the show. That way we can get together and have uh, lunch or something. I'd love it. You know what we should do? We should go down to the waterworks and see if we can even finish one lap. <laughs> <laughs> I, would have I probably couldn't even finish a, a half a lap with this. With this heel or ankle injury. Oh, my God. I think you and I just rolled down that big hill to start. Then... <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. How your dad doing? Well, unfortunately, he passed away in uh, in April. So Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Man. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's uh, – but he – it's funny. Everybody I talked to from, from Old North Fulton mentions my dad. You know, he was there at everything, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I remember him being um, at our meets and encouraging both of us. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was uh, – Amazing how he, I mean, he never missed anything. He would, uh, on the baseball team, he'd go wherever, if we went to Roosevelt, wherever, they were there, you know? Yeah, they was, yeah, yeah that, I remember that the most. Oh. I was remember him seeing him, seeing him there at, um, at, at our events and stuff. And well, and that made, that it, very, well, I appreciate you asking. It, it made a great impact on my life, the way he uh, supported me and us and the team. And he, and he loved all, everybody on the team. He loved the cross-country guys. He loved baseball guys and loved all, all of us. It was great. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's get together. I'll certainly be in touch with you, but um, thank you very much again, Ronnie. Great to talk to you, and hope you have a good rest of your day. You too, Bill. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Rodney Harris there um, from Union County. Um, amazing stories. I know I wish I could have had them the whole hour, but uh, amazing what law enforcement people go through. Uh, you, obviously, you can't just relax and have a nice hamburger at somewhere. You've got to be on guard at all times so god bless him in his service to the country and uh it's i wish him the absolute best all right since we got a few minutes to kill and uh 
I'm in a music mood. Let's play some music. Uh, let's here's a little bit more from Payphone Poets. This is called Rips and Tears. Enjoy. Straight out of the woods, it's so good. You can feel like living.
and yet another gem from Payphone Poets, and that is called Rips and Tears. And uh, they will be performing at the Alzheimer's Music Fest uh, in September, September 21st, um, on the outside stage at 2 o'clock. And I actually have um, the organizer of this great event, Vince Zingaro. He'll be back on the show, I think, in uh, in August. And I just remembered, it just hit me, Greg, this is my one-year anniversary on doing the show, so... Very happy about that. Thank you very much. And thank you all for all of your uh, your your support and your kind words throughout the year. And, and we're going to have a bunch more uh, great guests lined up. So as we go out, I would like to play one more song. Um, this is Lorelai. We had Sister Moon uh, in the studio uh, a little, little while ago. And I just love this song. So it's my show, and I'm going to play it. So this is Lorelai from Sister Moon. Y'all have a great weekend, and we will be back live next week. Take care.
She knows I can't resist it.